Welcome to another episode of the Solo Game Developer Podcast. My name is Kai Shavavli from the Naked Devs, and I'm here with Matt Dabrowski, maker of the overwhelmingly positive game Streets of Rogue. How you going, Matt? Thank you. Yes, thank you. I suppose that is one way to, to label it, sure. <laughs> what I want to do before we jump into asking some questions about you and your life, I always like to start off with what got you started in game development? What puts you on this journey? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I kind of uh, wanted to be a game developer for most of my most of my life uh, you know like ever since I played a video game when I was about like seven years old and um, I got some game making software when I was uh, when I was eight you know it was like very I could make very simple stuff I didn't do a, didn't do a whole ton with it but you know I always had this idea in my head that I wanted to, to work on on games for a living that, that was something that never really never really changed throughout my my early life. Um, and when I was a teenager, I started working on other, uh, like actual projects that I could put onto the internet. Um, there was a, a thing called the program called ZZT, um, where you could basically make games within this other game. It was the first ever game from Epic Games, uh, that had ever come out. And I mean, the creator of that is now a billionaire. He's Tim Sweeney. Um, so, but, but it was like, it was like a very early, uh, program where you could, you know, make games and share them on the internet. And there was a whole community of people based around that. And that was where some of my earliest stuff that I put on the internet uh, was. And then uh, throughout high school and, and college, I, I worked on a couple of other like big game projects, one of which was uh, a graphic adventure in the style of the old LucasArts games. And the other one was a, a sort of cinematic platformer um, uh, in the vein of like Out of This World or Heart of Darkness or Flashback. And, um, so those were those are called aftershock was the first one and the second one was between heaven and hell right um so that was my yeah i guess that was my sort of roots in, in game development right there yeah so when you went to college did you say yeah i did what did you study uh, i studied computer science at, at usc um usc is actually now kind of they had they have a game development program i want i think one of the top in the, in the country but that was just sort of starting up when i was there so i didn't really I was thinking of like sort of doing a minor in that, but then, then I ended up just graduating and just kind of going off into the, into the workforce. Um, but um, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a solid, uh, kind of gave me solid programming base right there, I yeah. guess. Uh, so you said that you went into the workforce. So uh, at what point did you go from working full-time or, or working part-time, I guess, into being a full-time game developer? Like when was that shift? Well, I mean, see, initially when I started working, I actually worked in, in the games industry. I worked uh, at Blizzard for a little bit as, as a tester. Um, and then I worked at a company called Tilted Mill, um, who had done a bunch of like uh, uh, simulation games like Caesar 4, and we worked on SimCity Societies. Um, and, um, you know, then I had difficulty like getting jobs in the, in the industry and just had to kind of get something. So I just started working other jobs that, um, that paid more but you know weren't in games and i just really had no no interest in in what i was doing for the most yeah. part and i was just sort of like bumming around i guess uh, for a while um and then and then uh, at some point I, I i got transferred to the well our company got kind of uh uh got kind of taken this company i was working at got merged into this other bigger company and we i had nothing to do for about three months and so 
at that point, this was like early 2013, late 2012. And uh, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of want to use this as an opportunity to maybe start making games again because, you know, I haven't done this in a while and I really, I, I can't keep working these, these jobs that I've been doing. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, I, I just had a, and so yeah, at that point, I just started kind of working on stuff on my own again and in my free time. And um, a couple of years later, uh, I ended up getting laid off from this job, uh, basically because they had they had nothing for me to to do. And I was kind of just working on game development. I won't say I was working on Streets of Rogue, but I was working on game development related stuff um, during job because like there was no. There's no way. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it gave me some time to kind of brush up on my on my skills. So this was in early 2015 uh, that I I at that point I had sort of been working on Streets of Rogue for a little bit. At that point, and it was at a point where um, uh, I felt like it could really be something. So I just decided to you know I'd saved up a bit of money at that point and just decided to continue work on that full time. Yeah. And, uh, then, so that was uh, so yeah. I haven't, haven't worked in an office in about five years at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, when you uh, what what kind of got you the inspiration to build Streets of Rogue? Uh, it was a bunch of different uh, bunch of different games I played when I was a kid. Most like um, there was uh, well, uh, Deus Ex is, is sort of the big one there. Yeah. Um, I, I really wanted to do something that you know gave people a lot of choice in how they approached uh, these these situations um and also like the early fallout games where you're just kind of like running around towns doing quests and stuff um uh that, that was another big one uh the like the early grand theft auto games which were you know top-down 2d perspective where you could cause a bunch of chaos everywhere mm -hmm. um and uh and also this game called messiah which had uh, which had, is sort of obscure nowadays, but um, it was a game from Shiny Entertainment where you played as this little angel character and you could, um, you're, you're running around this sort of like crappy uh, rundown city and you're uh, jumping into people's bodies and, and taking them over. So you could like jump into a cop and, you know, uh, get other cops to kind of help you out or you could jump into a scientist's body and, uh, you know, use a control panel that you wouldn't normally be able to use because you're a scientist now. And uh, I thought it was a really cool concept. Um, if you play like the uh, Streets of Rogue and you play as the shapeshifter character, that's like directly based on the character of Messiah, just a little a little crazy looking thing that, that jumps into people's bodies. <laughs> that's awesome. When you, um, so you, you finished working, you started building this game. Uh, or you started working more full time on on your game, and at what uh, at what point did you realize that you had a critical following? Did it happen? Did you build up an audience to that point, or did you like do a just a really good launch and it went massive? Like, how did you get your yeah your following? It, it was kind of a gradual build up. Uh, I mean, the first you know two and a I guess um, first couple of years of development I was just completely working in a bubble and then in, in late 2015 I, you know I wanted to, I wasn't really super confident about you know the releasing the, an early version of early versions of the game so in late 2015 I, I released the first build and I, I had a blog on tigsource.com if you if you know about there's a, a forum for the tigsource.com forums is a place where a lot of game developers have like their their little blogs 
Yeah. Um, so I started one there. Um, uh, I guess people are still using this. Um, the, um, but yeah, I started one up, and that was really the only place that I posted about it at, at first. Um, yeah. You know, just just uh, and posted early alpha builds there, um, and I think I, I might have posted a, a few other places over time. But I was still trying to you know keep it a little bit like. Um, like I wasn't really, I wasn't really ready to do any, even like a real soft launch kind of thing and just yet. Um, but there were still people who, who did play it and send me feedback through the user feedback form. And, and then I guess things sort of continued along and, you know, like I, I had a, around the same kind like there wasn't really a whole lot of activity. Um, and things really started to heat up, I guess, when, um, so I, I had, um, been at uh, GDC 2016, and I was in talks with some publishers, and I brought Tiny Build on as my as my publisher, and um, we went to PAX uh, 2016 in uh, I think yeah September or was it late? It might, it might have been late August, and um, uh, yeah that at that point they actually did like a sort of formal announcement uh, about the game, and I put the game the current alpha version on itch.io and gamejolt.com. And immediately, like, it started getting some traction. Like, there was a lot more people sending feedback and a lot of people downloading the game at yeah. that point. And so it started to really kind of gain a, gain a following there. And, um, yes, right, so that was in August. And then we launched into early access in, um, in March of the next year. And so at that point, um, you know, a lot of people knew about the game. It was on mm. a bunch of people. We had a mailing list uh, of people who wanted to know more about the game or know when the game was coming out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> initially, I actually put a mailing list form like directly into the, into the game's title screen, actually, <laughs> into the alpha versions. So you feel like just put in the email address yeah, and, it would, and it would just, uh, <clears throat> so, and I always promise like, I'll only send out one email, I'll send an email out when the game launches. So that's, that's what I did. Um, and, and then Tiny Build had their own mailing list and, um, you know, of course, there's just Steam wish lists and stuff like that. Um, so the, yeah, we, we were kind of well, positioned at that point uh, so like immediately you know there were people who had been waiting for the game to come to steam for a while um, yeah. so uh, and, and then the, when the game launched actually into early access uh, tiny build was able to do something which was really cool which was it was the first uh, the first game ever to launch into early access with a free weekend so oh, it was like wow. steam yeah. was steam was promoting the game and you could you could download it for free over that weekend and then it just just would stop working after the weekend was over you couldn't use it in steam anymore you just need to buy it hmm. so um yeah that helped us get some really good traction there and at this point the game was also in very good shape uh for like an early access game because you know it, it had been an alpha testing for months and months uh with the free version yeah uh, so so that that launch went really well and you know immediately the game had like had really good reviews um and uh so yeah so things just kind of kind of continued from there and that was snowballed from there yeah that's awesome that's like it's, it's a pretty uh epic journey that you went on to to get to where you are now um are you planning on uh working on a different game at the moment or is streets of rogue like still your main focus well, uh, I'm starting to work on a sequel right now, which is something I've talked about a little bit in the, uh, in the like, post on Steam, um, because basically I, I, you know, I've done so much work on this game and I feel like there's ways to, ways to expand it, but I don't want to like, the, the, well, the structure of the current game is such that I, 
you know, I can't, I, like, I want to do like an open world kind of thing. And I can't just like attach that to the original game because it would just change the entire game. It'd be like a totally different game. Yeah. So, and you know, I don't want to just, I mean, I could just keep adding content to, to Streets of Rogue, like, you know, they did with Binding of Isaac for years and years and years. But like, personally, like, I, I just, I don't really want to do that that much. It's, yeah. it's sort of diminishing returns for me. It's, it's not that exciting. Mm. Um, and I, I, I mean, I just want to do something with sort of a different, sort of a different structure. And um, so I'm, I'm going to be keeping people posted. I'm, I'm going to continue like doing stuff for the original game um, the, because this, the sequel is going to be built off the original's code base. So like any fixes that I make to artificial intelligence and stuff like that, uh, some of, a lot of the, I, I imagine a bunch of that would trickle down to yeah. uh, uh, the, the original game and probably like some new items and stuff and, and whatnot. Uh, but um, but yeah, so that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of knee deep that's in right now. You've been you said five years you've been out of an office um, working as a solo developer. What's what's the hardest thing um, that you've found as a solo developer? Like what what has been the hardest thing for you during this time? Let's see, well, I suppose that I mean the first couple of years just sort of you know not knowing uh, you know just sort of bleeding money and not knowing where. You know, if I'm ever going to actually make make money from this, uh, mm. then you know, if the game is actually going to be a success, or you know, maybe I'll go into early access and the game won't do well, and then I'll have to continue working on the game with with this idea in my head that oh, maybe this, you know, maybe I'm just doing this all for nothing. I mean, and that, there's that whole constant constant worry. I was always pretty confident about about the game, but you know, being a being a realist, uh, I mean, uh, there was a significant possibility of um, something like that happening. Um, but, uh, I guess just, uh, day to day, um, I don't know, like, I don't really have like a major problem with motivation, I, I guess, because there's always, there's always something to work on. And, um, I don't know, just, it's just a, just a personal thing that's ever been, I, I, I find, I find that like, if I'm actually interested in the thing that I'm working on, I'll, I'm, I'll be motivated. And if not, I'm really, not motivated your passion shows your success so like yeah, yeah. you know like um the, big, the biggest uh, biggest uh, the original question was was uh, big big problems you had or, yeah or, uh, what is like the hardest thing that you found so, yeah hardest thing, right yeah um as i think par i think partially it's it's that um actually you know i have an answer for you it's it's that um it's hard to stop working yeah. um a lot of the time I've become like something of a workaholic because it's like you know I'm the, I'm the only one working on this game and if I don't fix a bug nobody's going to fix it if I don't yeah. put it in the future it's not going to happen yeah. um yeah I totally agree there's heaps of times where I'm sitting there thinking I could play a game or I could fix this thing in my game and it just I end up going oh look I'll just spend like 10 minutes fixing a bug or something and then like three hours have gone by and I'm still sitting there like just trying to get this thing to work we talked a lot about um, how you are, how did your life go, and how did you get to where you are, and what you're doing. Um, when you're now that you're out there and your your um, your games online, you will get some negative comments. How do you deal with the negativity? How how do you handle those people that are attacking your game or, or you personally? Yeah, I mean, it's it's never fun. I mean, you, you never. I mean, I like to think I have a pretty decently thick skin, but it, it still uh, sucks to hear negative stuff. And I, I I do try to respond to certain things if someone gives like constructive criticism or if they have like a legitimate technical problem, um, I'll respond to reviews. 
Um, but otherwise, it's just best to just ignore it. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, unless it's, yeah, like I said, if it's constructive, then then it's maybe there's good. something there. Uh, but uh, yeah. all right, Matt. So we're going to go into this thing called the debug round. It's a series of short, very random questions that I'll ask you, um, sure. uh, but totally relevant and important, kind of. All right, you ready? Okay. Okay, 11 questions. We're starting with number one. Is cereal soup? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> more of an answer like that. Yeah, what? like why? Like why is cereal uh, not soup? Um, because you, well, I mean, if I had to answer, I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, there is cold soup like gazpacho, so that's not it, obviously. Uh, but um, it's because you don't, you have the one, I mean, the one constant in cereal is generally milk, right? You mm. Milk and cereal, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 the liquid is always the same. It's milk. Uh, what you put in the milk is your cereal. So That's true. That's a good point. Okay, I'll take it. All right, question number two. What secret conspiracy would you like to start? Oh man, uh, this is a, this is a tricky one, and I'm so sick of conspiracy. Yes, <laughs> uh, everything. Uh, uh, I don't even want to put anything out there. Honestly, it's just like That's... I don't know our our, our current uh, our current climate on the Twitter and whatnot. It's it's just it's just. Uh, I, like, yeah. I can't even think about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. That's still a great answer. Just there's too much out there. Let's kill it all. All right. Yeah. All right. Number three. What's the most ridiculous fact you know? Uh, I know a lot about like movie box office and stuff. Like I could name like for a while. Like I could tell you how much money any movie made. Like in the past like, twenty years. Um, that yeah. is that is a crazy fact. All right. Can I test you? Uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Iron Man one. First Iron Man. Iron Man one. I believe it was. I mean, I knew the the about, but not nothing yeah. exactly about. That's fine. I believe it was. I think it was about three hundred thirty million. Okay. I'm gonna check that. Might out. have been three hundred. Might have been three hundred fifteen. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Three hundred. Three hundred and eighteen million. That's okay, that is close-ish. All right. It's that's within impressive. 10%. Yeah. That's good. All right. Question number four. In 40 years, what will people be nostalgic for? I think people will be nostalgic for any sort of physical media um, oh, because yeah. that's all going to be gone. You're not going to have discs. You're not going to have stores. Uh, it'll, you, yeah, you'll, there'll be like vintage shops that'll have, you know, like, like there's vintage shops now and it'll have things like you know, Blu-ray players and whatnot, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just, you just won't be buying stuff anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right, question number five. If animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Um, probably the dolphin. From, from what I've heard, they're already kind of jerks. Uh, in one, sen uh, one sentence, how would you sum up the internet? And a, a, a cure for boredom. I don't know. I mean, there's really no reason you can, anyone should be bored nowadays. I don't think. Yeah. Well, at your fingertips, you have all yeah. the entertainment in the world. Like, yeah. that's true. A cure right. for boredom. Sure. I like that. All right. Question number seven. Uh, how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Chickens is difficult because, yeah. I mean, you know, the elephant, can, they can't really, they can't really climb the thing. You can just immediately stop most of them. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. They'd have to be vertically. They'd have to be going vertically. They have to be just like a room full of chickens, like on top of one or another. <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, 
I don't know, he probably just ended up suffocating. He's dropping a vat of chicken. It's <laughs> probably the only way it's going to happen. That is so grim. I love that. So yeah. how many would you reckon would fill up a room? Like, I mean, it has to, like I said, it has to be a vat big enough for an elephant. Um, geez, I mean, hundreds, uh, hundreds of chickens, maybe a thousand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's very grim. <laughs> I like it. All right, uh, question number eight. What's something people seem to misunderstand about you? I mean, I mean, maybe maybe some people just that I have like unlimited time and energy to act on all of the all of the things that they want to put in the game. Um, oh. or, or that I or that I have like a, that I'm a much bigger corporation or have much more people work many more people working on this thing or uh, mm. you know because uh, some of the requests I get are just are just kind of ridiculous. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that, I guess. I'll go with that. That's fair. That's a big thing as well, I've found. There's a, a lot of people, um, especially people who don't, who've never built a game before, they immediately just uh, assume that you can add in things just at, at, at a whim. Um, mm-hmm. And I hear, I hear this a lot, like, uh, especially whenever I was taking uh, one of my games from a while back to a, to a conference, people were like, you know, it'd be really cool. Just add in everything here. That would be awesome. And I'd be like, that it would, would be. yeah <laughs> i was like that would be but um that would take me probably a year to get through that list <laughs> like yeah. oh yeah yeah and it's not just the adding things it's the way that things interact with other things it's like yeah i could put in this new feature that you want but also it would break like 50 things i'd have to be fixing bugs for months so yeah yeah they're like people don't come up and take into account like can you add in flying and dropping like nuclear bombs and you're like uh but then how will people shoot up and like <laughs> yeah. no that's true verticality uh, sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah question number nine what's something you're curious about right now well this is kind of depressing but i i, I kind of been curious about where america is going to be in the next couple of years uh we got we got problems over here right now yeah we got uh, major problems let's jump onto question number 10 so you got two more last questions um question number 10 is what's something you failed at it could be recently it could be something substantial just something you failed at well i mean I, this, this is something that was kind of turned into a success but i basically failed at you know being in the video games industry um, in in the way that I had sort of anticipated being in the video games industry. Um, You know, like my, my plan, you know, for years and years was just, you know, to get jobs and work on like major games and, you know, Mm -hmm. work my way up and, you know, work on the next, you know, enormous title. Like Assassin's Creed, Bioshock. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it just, it just didn't end up happening and I just sucked at job interviews or something. And, uh, you know, got laid off one too many times. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it just, um, yeah. So, I mean, the thing just didn't like pan out the way that I expected. And there was like a a big period of time where, you know, I just, I just didn't know like if I was ever going to be able to kind of fulfill that, uh, that goal in my life, because that was really my only major, like, goal in life to you know be working in games Mm. um and so that kind of sucked all right so hugh um uh he sent me something uh hugh millwood the developer of um walsam uh he's um this is what we call a segment called pay it forward um and what it is is uh i'll get uh someone to nominate a person to be on the podcast and ask them one question um and he nominated you uh and that's why 
start this um, process. But uh, he wanted to know what was the biggest surprise during the development slash release of Streets of Rogue. Hmm. There was a lot. Of, see, there was a lot fewer surprises than you might you might think, because things kind of I don't know things kind of panned out as as I was like you know like the game the the way the way the game has like performed over over the years it's it's just like there's never been any like major point where it's like like um you know like pewdiepie played the game and just just yeah. like this giant bump in like uh in like everyone's talking about it or anything like that uh it, it's kind of weird kind of weird to say but like i i made this maybe just it may have just been overconfidence but like i i kind of expected the game to do well mm. and i probably like shouldn't have expected to do it as to do as well but I, like i i had I don't know, like, it, it, like even the, like the launch of the game, the initial launch wasn't like a major surprise because I was like, okay, in my head, like, okay, we, maybe we've lined up everything to, you know, we 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 have these advantages. I have a tiny build as my publisher for launching this free weekend. You know, we have an existing fan base and stuff. So naturally, this should do this should do well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, it did, and it was like, okay, well, that's not a major surprise. Like, I it was, like there was. <laughs> Yeah, same with like the, the 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 launch on consoles. Like you know, the Switch version did better than the other versions. Uh, yeah. uh, there was a major surprise on launch day, which was that uh, with the, the the Xbox version, there was a way to like brick the game um, when that <laughs> launched. Like you could, you could literally like make it so that your game did not work anymore. We kind of scrambled to to get that one fixed. Uh, that was a crappy surprise. Very That's, crappy surprise. Yeah. Like, my launch day and uh, part of the yeah, the, the, the fortunately we were on that really quickly. Uh, people. People uh, on Twitter were very uh, unhappy. Let me know about that one. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that's uh, a bad surprise, but hey, a big one. Uh, it's surprising for me that that you stuff like that doesn't get picked up during your tests, right? Like you're running your tests on all your consoles. Oh, and- it, it was like I mean, like the, the console involvement was done like sort of externally. Um, at least a lot of it. I mean, I worked I worked with them, but um, it was it was a, it was. How that how that one got in was uh, it was just something that uh, had been fixed at some point, but then ended up getting like merged back in at the last minute and just never got caught. And so like, right. that's how that's how that happened. It was just an accident. Uh, right. Something got merged back in that shouldn't have, and you know fixed fixed very quickly, like within a few days. Thankfully, yeah. <laughs> still that's uh, <laughs> pretty sad. So yeah. s- sticking with the pay it forward um, segment, uh, who would you nominate to come on the show, and what question would you ask them? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd nominate. I actually don't. I actually don't know that many people, to be honest. <laughs> I just sort of worked on my own for most of the time. I haven't been to an event in years. Um, yeah, I don't really know that many people in the industry. I mean, but I but um, I'm actually in, a, in like a sort of chat room on Discord with like um, some fairly well-known developers i might be able to i might be able to you know ask in there if, if anybody's interested in doing one of these interviews okay and then what question would you ask them what's something you want to know from another developer i think i never really get asked much that i always am kind of curious about people who have had like success success with this was like you know how did how did you how did you kind of deal with with that um like you know that's a really good one just sort of uh i guess what was there a change? Was there a change in your mindset? Uh, did did you just did it just make you work harder? 
Um, I know that when my game was, you know, when it came out in early access and it did, it did well, um, I, I started working a lot harder than I had previously just because mm. I, I was like, oh, I can't, I have to, like, I have to capitalize on, on this. I can't just like, yeah, don't let them know. My world right now. Yeah. Uh, so I just never really kind of was able to kind of internalize uh, what, what was happening. I just sort of just kept working through everything. And, yeah. um, so I don't know. I just, I just kind of really uh, wonder what other people's um, like mindset was when when you know positive things started happening. Um, did, did they feel yeah. elated? Uh, you know, did uh, did they feel disappointed that there's like a few people who dislike the game and that's all they can focus on? Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I really I'm like that. that. All right, I will ask uh, whoever whoever we get on. Um, I'll ask them that question. All right, so I. Oh. Um, I once owned a, a non-for-profit breast cancer awareness thing where I used to send stickers to people and there were stickers of nipples. Um, uh, it stopped because I couldn't afford the postage to so many people. But what I can do, uh, what I've started doing is for the podcasters, um, I'm sending you guys a sticker of a nipple. Um, but you, oh, get, awesome. you get to pick. Do you want the right, middle or left? Uh, let me see. Um, let's see. The closest to my skin tone would be the one that's on my left right now. Uh, your left at this one? Yeah, that's right. All right. That's coming to you. So, um, I will send it in the mail in the next couple of days and you should probably see it in probably a week or two, depending on <laughs> how they go with sending. Oh, great. My... Fantastic. I'll, I'll send you my address. Uh, I'll send you my address to the chat. Awesome. All right, Matt, thank you so much for being on. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and hearing about your journey. And um, it's, been, it's been really fascinating seeing kind of how you got into this and what it meant to you and, and the changes that is, it's happened since becoming a, becoming a successful developer. So I really had a good chat. Um, uh, for anybody who's interested, uh, check out Streets of Rogue on Steam. Uh, you can also jump onto your Twitter um, and follow the Twitter for uh, anything, which is, what's your Twitter, Matt? At? It's uh, madguy90, M-A-D-G-U-Y-9-0. There we go. <laughs> uh, and you can get all your updates for that. It'll also be in all the descriptions, so I'll put everything in every description box. Do you have a Discord group or anything that people can follow? Uh, yeah, there's a Streets of Rogue uh, Discord, and um, if you own the game, it's actually linked from the main menu of the game, so oh. anybody can join that. No, oh. all right. Um, and I'll put that into the settings as well, uh, into the description as well for everybody that wants to jump on. So thank you so much for being on. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's all right. Thank you. <laughs>